Each and every week, I talk to very interesting people, and the most important part is that I shouldn't be the only one hearing it. I really feel that if these people make sense to me, that everyone out there needs to hear it. So stay tuned, folks, and I hope you enjoy this newest weekly segment on Coach Bissons. Welcome back in, folks, to the Financial Safari. Got a special guest in studio today. His name is Mr. Phil Graham. I call him Dr. Phil. He likes that. Phil, welcome in. Hey, thanks, Coach. <laughs> Tell people what you do in, in the financial world. Well, I've been in the industry for 23 years, and I work with some of the top financial advisors in the country. have literally participated in right at $24 billion of protecting people's assets. That's with a B. With a B. That's a big one. It's a lot. <laughs> and so now I focus on one very st- distinct issue that families have, and that's creating liquidity at death. Right. Because what most people don't realize is that they've saved this money, they've earmarked a piece of it for their family to use to cover all these expenses. Yep. But the reality of it is, it's just not available. So when someone passes away, it's never a fun time. Many times people have all their assets locked up, you're saying, right? Unless you have money hidden under the pillow, if it's in the bank, it's locked up. Until well, Exactly. So, so why, why is it locked up? Because that's something a lot of people don't realize. They, a lot of people assume when, when dad dies... I can just go down to the bank and get uh, twenty or $25,000 out to pay for his funeral. Well, let's, let's talk about the tools that people have historically used or thought they were using. So okay. life insurance comes to mind. Yep. I'm a huge believer in life insurance. It's an amazing asset protection tool. It's a way to, to pass wealth, but it doesn't create liquidity because it requires a death certificate, <laughs> yep. which can take weeks and then a claims process. So it's not available immediately when, when the family needs the money. Another solution people will bring to us is power of attorney. Right. My son or daughter has financial power of attorney, which I, again, think is a, a very valuable tool. But what most people don't realize, Coach, is that when you pass away, your power of attorney dies with you. That's A lot of people don't realize that. So say no. that again. I mean, wh- so, what does that mean for the people listening? That's bad. When you pass away, yeah. <laughs> whoever your financial power of attorney is... Right no longer has access to your money. That's when you need it the most. Correct. (laughs) Okay. So then another option that people always tell us is they do set their accounts up with transfer on death or or payable on death, POD, POD, which on all your bank accounts, investment accounts, I highly recommend because it avoids probate. Great idea, by the way. Yes. I, I think you need that. Correct. But... It requires a death certificate in order to actually transfer that money so it's not available. Hmm. Now, one that comes up a lot as well is, you know, a revocable trust or a living trust. It's the same thing. Again, great planning tool from an estate planning perspective. has a lot of valuable, uh, you know, things that it does. Mm -hmm. But in order to put your successor trustee in place after you die, you have to have a death certificate, and it's a process. So a lot of people, I think, think that a death certificate is something you can go down to the courthouse today and get one by tomorrow. Is that not true anymore? Pre-COVID, it was over two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Now it's a um, right here. Certain states, and this isn't published you know, here where I live in North Carolina. Right. It's not published online, but like the Texas Public Health and Human Services website, they've published... Online processing, digital processing. Which is supposedly fast. 25 to 30 days. Wow. Connecticut, six to eight weeks. We just saw a video from some advisor friends of ours that in Minnesota, 
six to eight weeks. But even if it was two to three weeks, then you got to go through the paperwork and then you got to process the claims. Coach, it's at least 30 days before your family can access any money. So if it's the case, if you don't have the money needed for the funeral, but, but it has been put aside by the person who passed away, you can't, get into, you can't get that money for six weeks, you say, maybe eight weeks, maybe four weeks, whatever, two weeks. The whole time you're waiting, there's not going to be a funeral because the, the funeral people aren't going to do a funeral without the money in hand, correct? Right. They expect payment right. when services are rendered. So here's what happens. And I always say people figure this out for generations. Right. One of the beneficiaries is deemed more successful than the others by their siblings. Like in a family, there's always, a, sometimes there's a very successful child and maybe there's a black sheep child. And whether it's true or not, <laughs> yeah, that's the that perception. That's what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. They get stuck paying the bills. Okay. They don't get reimbursed. And now Thanksgiving's awkward. Well, that's the number one cause of fights in families is what? Money. It's always money. Well, in, in life in general, money. Well, and think so about the biggest this. wars were fought over money. Here's an extreme example. The artist formerly known as Prince. Correct. Now, whether you liked his music or not, it's irrelevant, but $400 million estate. Coach, do you know who paid for the musician Prince's funeral when he passed away? I know that it wasn't a family member. It was not a family member. Right. Because they couldn't get to any money, right? It wasn't the state of Minnesota because they don't want to get involved. Well, he had $400 million sitting right. uh, locked up somewhere, right? It was the family friend, actor, and comedian George Lopez Pay for Prince's gave funeral. Prince's family $20,000 to bury him because they couldn't get any money. So it wasn't an immaculate funeral then for $20,000. You would think Prince was, would have had this amazing <laughs> correct, spectacle. The money was locked away. And this happens every day. And you know, people say, well, I have a will. Well, your will typically says, well, I want my son to get 50%, my daughter to get 50%. Right. Well, if I put it on my Amex and my sister doesn't want to reimburse me, I didn't get 50-50 like mom intended. Yeah. I got 50-50 minus. You paid 100%. The 100% <laughs> I paid at the funeral. And so yep. here's what we educate people on, Coach, is that it doesn't have to be that way because that causes stress, arguments, disagreements. Correct. And with the beneficiary liquidity plan, which is the tool that, that we use, what people love about it is they, they're not buying more inheritance. Because I think initially they think, well, what am I buying? Yeah. What is this going to cost me? Oh, absolutely. Well, you already have money. Right. We simply help you determine what's the minimum that your family's going to need to get through that first 30, 45, 60 days. The minimum. We look at all your assets, figure out where it makes sense to allocate so it from. So it's not just a funeral. That's a good point. So what if you're depending on that money that, that when dad passes away and you can't get any of it, you needed to pay certain bills too, not just funeral well, bills. Well, travel expenses for family members, That's right. celebration of life, property taxes. You know, the executor's responsible for all these expenses. The and tax bills keep coming even when someone passes away. Or what if you have rental properties or a small business or all these things like there needs to be more money than just your funeral or cremation yeah. just to make it easy for your family. And so we figure out what that minimum dollar amount is, right? and it's different for every family. We look at the assets, figure out where we want to allocate it from, and I want people to visualize we simply move it from the left pocket to the right pocket. So they're not making premium payments. They're not buying 
you know, if their family was going to get a half million, they're not getting 500,000, 50,000. They get the same dollar amount whether you do a beneficiary liquidity plan or not. Right. So let's say this. Let's say that dad has a, has a, a thought about this and he said, you know, I don't want my family fighting over funeral expenses. And I want to make sure that they have expenses and, and, and money put aside to do things when I'm not here. And I realize that if, uh, if I pass away, this money I have in my checking account that I, that I have earmarked for my funeral, they're not going to be able to get a hold of. Correct. So what you're saying is just move it from the checking account to a special trust right. that is payable as soon as you pass away without a death certificate. Correct. Yep. And so this isn't a loan. This isn't like some kind of bridge, but until you can get the money. Correct. This is your money. This is your money available based on how we structure it. And the only states that require a death certificate are Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, and Massachusetts. So most every state, all we need is a signature from the funeral director, which we're all going to end up in front of a funeral director, yeah. whether you're being cremated or buried. They sign off saying that you passed away. Well, they're looking right at you. <laughs> right, yeah, so they know. Because yeah. people yeah. always ask me, well, Phil, if, if you don't need a death certificate, how do you know I died? Right, right. Well, we require a funeral director to sign okay. off because we're all going to end up in front of a funeral director. Okay, so let's say dad has 25000 put aside for the funeral, and it's in his checking account, and he decides that he would want to do something like this. He wants to make sure the money is immediately liquid when he passes away. Right. What's the process, and what's the cost for that? Well, the good news is it's, it takes less than 10 minutes. Okay. Because it's already your money, and I think this is hard for people to really l l sink in, because it's already your money, we don't even need a signature. Wow, okay. It can all be done over the phone, again, because it's still your money, and it's just a matter of getting some basic information, who the beneficiaries are, and then figuring out where we're going to allocate the money from. But in your example, we would simply just draft it out of that account into your beneficiary liquidity plan. It's now protected. It's set up, ready to go. We encourage people to let the kids know that this is put in place for them. Right. Because if they don't know you did it, yeah, then it's not. It, the, it didn't. Right. It didn't help. So it's really important we include the kids once everything's in well, place. We have our little green book of life that we give to all our clients. It's over a hundred pages of interactive questions, and that way you just write it, have it in there. It's it's basically a a treasure map for your family, showing you where we your dad or mom put everything. So when you pass away, they it, they, they know perfect. where it is. It's a treasure map, and so we recommend people write that in there too. Like you said, if people don't know it exists, it doesn't exist. All right, so someone puts twenty five thousand in. And then they pass away in a month. Does the family get twenty five thousand, or do they get less than that? The family will get twenty five thousand plus any interest that. So it's that a plus, not a minus. It's a plus, not a minus. Okay, that's pretty cool. So, so I mean, it really, we've looked at this. Is I have not seen a single drawback. Is, is there any mistakes or any, anything that someone could do the wrong way to do this? Well, what I always explain to people is that if anybody says, "Well, what's what's the catch?" Yeah. Well, it's irrevocable. Right. Once you do it, it's done. And that's one of the reasons why I talk about. We only want to put the minimum in. Correct. Because once we put it in, you can't go get that money again until you die. But if you have it earmarked for, for your death exactly. anyway, then that's just going to not only is going to be what you had earmarked, but it may be a little more, not a little exactly. less. Exactly. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it takes a lot of worry out of out of what's going to happen next, and it gives you peace of mind, and it, it gives the family peace of mind knowing that everything's taken care of, and there aren't going to be any family fights over who's paying for what because the money's already put aside right. to, to pay for it. And it was money they were going to inherit. Anyway. Yeah, so there they go. They get a little sooner because they don't have to wait for the death certificate. So there's only two types of people, Coach, that don't need a beneficial equity plan. Okay. People that have no money at all. Yep, okay. So their family's not going to get anything. Right. And people that don't like their beneficiaries. 
Yeah, but I mean, if you die, I mean, what's going to happen? If, if you don't like your, your family and you pass away, I guess then... Let them fight over yeah, it. Yeah, let them fight over it. So, all right. <laughs> so if someone's interested in this, all you have to do, folks, is uh, Thomas is going to give the number out in a minute. Thomas, uh, the number come up. If you're watching on TV, we're, this is TV and radio segment right now. So if you're yes. watching on TV, you'll see the number on the screen and also the text code. And Thomas will give you the number right now.